Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. The Reticle Up podcast is produced in partnership with AmericanFirearms.org. American Firearms' mission is to recommend what works. We believe everyone deserves access to unbiased, helpful information about firearms. And our buying guides, product reviews, and learning resources are designed to help real people find the stuff that will work best for them. Check us out at www.americanfirearms.org. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Reticle Up podcast. This one has been a long time in my mind of wanting to record, so I'm very excited. Um, my buddy here, Chris Long, is with me. He is one of the marketing managers at Walther Arms. I am a big Walther fangirl. I have been for years, so I'm really excited. Chris, thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely, anytime. This was a, it's a long time coming, and that's my middle name, so appreciate you having me. <laughs> As he says with a straight face, it's great. Um, when did we first get to meet? Do you remember? Uh, I think I met you in Idaho. There was an outdoors, um, what do they call that? Like a media range day type of thing. And um, we showed up with no banners, uh, no tablecloths, nothing. Just me and uh, a good buddy, Vince, another marketing managers at Walter showed up with the WMP and everybody had a great time. It was uh, That's the first time I'd ever done that event. First time I've ever been to Idaho. It was a beautiful place. Yep. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. But yeah, that was that was, I think, the first time we met in person. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember we'd been following each other for a while on social media. You do a lot of great content. Um, and now you're a Yoda fanboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got the, uh, I was driving around a little Kia Soul for a long time and I put like a half a million miles on it or something and it just wasn't cutting it anymore. I didn't have any room in it. So yeah, I had to get the Forerunner. I like it. So he's joined the the Yoda gang here. Um, okay, so that's that's neither here nor there. We'll get there. So I want to talk <laughs> overlanding. But okay. Um, how did you find yourself at Walter Arms? Like, I actually don't know your progress or like in the industry, like how you kind of made it to that point. Uh, yeah. So I started out, um, I had my own little like freelance, uh, media company called trigger prep media. And, uh, through that, I started kind of getting connected with different firearms instructors. Uh, and the main one was Scott Jedlinski. Uh, he's one of my best friends, excellent instructor, and just a super good dude. Um, shortly after I met him, I noticed that his website was just absolutely trash. So I reached out to him and uh, I was like, dude, let me help out here. Like I wouldn't even charge you anything. And, you know, we, I ended up hosting him after uh, a little while we hit it off and we've been good buddies ever since. And uh, eventually he was like, I'm just going to hire you full time to do my web stuff. So um, any web stuff or, or photos or anything like that handled for him. Uh, then he started working with Walther and I was doing marketing for a company in the uh, fuel tank industry, which is as exciting as it sounds. And, um, I really hated it and I was kind of stuck going nowhere and I just didn't really want to be there anymore. So I did the thing that everybody does. I looked for a new job on the block and, uh, found that, or that Walter was hiring a content manager. So basically just a glorified photographer. And I reached out to Scott and I was like, dude, is this anything where like, you know, do you know these guys that well? And I think by the end of that day, I had a phone call and a scheduled interview and they were like, can you be down here this coming weekend? And I was like, absolutely. The PDP had just come out, so I called every shop in the state and uh, tried to find one to bring down there because I was usually, I shot up a CZ P10C was my main uh, gun, and then I think a Glock 45 as well, and uh, found one like two hours away, drove up there, did my 4473, and I got delayed. So the day that I had to leave for Arkansas, uh, I had to drive back up, pick up the gun, and then drive an additional hour. So it was like a 11 and a half, 12 hour drive. From here to Arkansas, shot with the guys at Walther. Uh, it was Cody, uh, Cody Osborne at the time, and uh, and then Jens Krogh, who's still there, and and my uh, excellent, wonderful boss that I like very much. And we had a great time. We really hit it off. And um, I don't know. I've been there ever since. Uh, Cody ended up moving on to uh, to Taurus, mm -hmm. and they sort of started shifting us around. And then I I got moved into the communications and content manager as my full title. But um, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, we all do it all. Walther is a very tight knit, awesome team to work for. It's very small, which is great because it allows us to, uh, you know, kind of connect with our customers a lot more and 
um, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I love it. It's been a dream job. I'm, I still have trouble believing it's real. Right. I think that's part of the many blessings I think you and I both share is, is we oh, wake yeah. up and we get, we don't complain. Like we get to do what we, we do. For right. Them. It's crazy. Right. So if you had told yourself maybe even five years ago that you'd be where you're at now. No. And definitely not from shooting. Like they liked, they liked what I did. Um, I did a thing called the vice card challenge on Instagram a, a few years and they were looking to do a similar project and that had a uh, it ended up kind of fizzling out just due to safety concerns but originally there was going to be a project that all six defense division instructors do their own challenge but it was very very difficult um i think i know of two people that completed all of them and we were like this is you know this is kind of going to be a safety thing so um there's there's actually like uh this is real behind the scenes walter stuff there's uh six patches that come together it has each defense division instructor's last name on it and they come together and they form the defense division logo oh, cool. um and it was going to be a thing where like if you did one instructor's challenge you'd get their patch and blah 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 and you'd collect the whole set yep. but um yeah no that was and, and that was probably 50 percent of what got me on at walther and then the other 50 percent, yeah i was knowing scott and you know just having having something to show them that I'd you know done for their defense division instructor. So it's it cool. I talk about that a lot with people who are wanting to be, whether it's sponsored or work in the industry or what have you, that mm -hmm. they aren't willing to put in the work ahead of time where it's like, okay, we'll yes. start posting now, start tagging those companies now, start, mm -hmm. you, it, you know, that's, it took for me, sponsorship was like years away, but like, it's something where they don't want to put the work in ahead of time. They just want to say, right. like, Oh, I'll do it after. But even then when, when some of these people get in, they, they don't, you have to yes. love the process. Yeah. And that's a lot of what I deal with as well in my job is I deal with sponsored shooters or people who are wanting certificates, um, you know, for their, like, like the event that you had, I had no issue sending you guys an F series because I know that, you know, it's, it is going to be women. worth the squeeze on our end. Well, and it's going to be worth it. Yeah. It's going to be worth it for women. Um, I know you're not going to half-ass it. I don't know if I can say the ass word on yes, here. Yes, you can. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. I know you're not going to half-ass it. Uh, and that's the type of people that we want to be associated with. Those are the brands and those are the, the organizations that we want to be associated with. So, but yeah, I mean, I'd probably get, you know, everybody wants something free, uh, you know, yeah. and you know how that goes. Every single email you get, every call you get, somebody is going to want something for free and some of the people deserve it and some people don't. So being yeah. able to vet those people becomes very easy when you see the amount of effort that they've put into things beforehand. Yes. You don't yeah. get to ask for a raise based off of work you plan to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like you, you have to do the work and then show somebody that you're going to be an asset or a value to them in some way. So, yeah. How did you like, did you teach yourself photography and videography or is that something where you did have to like kind of learn with the curve or what? Um, so my mom, I started out years ago. My mom is a great photographer, a great amateur photographer. She never did anything professionally. Um, but she got me started. I think I had a Canon rebel T3i many years ago and she kind of showed me the ropes on that. And then like iPhones got so good. I just started using an iPhone or a Samsung, you know, whatever I had at the time. And, um, that was what I did 95% of my, my still photography with was a, just a phone. Um, then I got, uh, I made, I made friends with, uh, Luke Brown, who at the time was at mod light. And when I started looking like I was going to get this job, I gave him a call and I was like, dude, you got to help me out. Cause I don't even know how a big camera really works anymore. And Luke, um, Luke is a, an amazing photographer, a super talented photographer. And he's, I think he's doing his own thing now. He's freelance, but he was at mod light for a long time. And, you know, he just, he live chatted me for hours at a time and, and would give me like little assignments to do. And we'd try to edit things the same way and really spun me up on photo edit. Like I am not the world's greatest photographer and I wouldn't claim to be, yeah. um, but I can take a decent shot. Uh, if somebody, I guess, was looking to get into the industry, it's more important to, if you want to be like a firearm content photographer, like you got to be able to do something decent. Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons why Walther was looking for a dedicated content person was they were hiring, you know, wedding photographers and just like local media companies that were sending, you know, these young folks out to a gun range with no eye pro, no ear pro. They'd walk in front of the firing line. They had mm -hmm. no idea what was good or what was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you'd say, hey, get a shot of this guy's, you know, brass in the air in his bill drill. And they'd be like, I don't know who Bill is. <laughs> um, so they wanted somebody who could take at least a D basically was a shooter first and a photographer second. Um, you can there are there are actually tons of jobs in the industry like that. I mean, yeah. it's it honestly is a little bit funny to me. Like I, it seems so impossible to get into the gun industry, especially in a media aspect. 
but there are so many jobs. Like it seems like everybody's constantly looking for people yep. and, um, you know, kind of goes back to what we're saying. If you don't have something that you can show them, then you, it, it is a long shot, but yep. start working. I, so I have mixed feelings about this. So I want to lay this out for you and I want to get your opinion on it. Um, I have mixed feelings about some of the content that gets put out to mm-hmm. this, meaning as a, as a gun owner, someone that, that does safety first and I do, I am a shooter, right? Um, I see pictures with finger on the trigger without any side alignment or anything like that. Right. Or mm-hmm. just poor, even video stuff where it is like, okay, that's a safety infraction. They're too close to that target or they're not, they're, they're not shooting at anything or like I see behind right. the scenes where I get frustrated, but I don't like to eat our own either. So I'm not going to comment or say anything like that. But do you think there is some content that's out there that's kind of a detriment to our firearms industry where they are showcasing bad habits or not having iPro? Oh, my God. Like a whole video yeah. got shared from AK Masters shooting at steel that's only 50 yards away in a corner with a, you know, 762 and they're not wearing eyes. And I didn't say anything, but that's the culture. Yep. But I'm like, these are your eyes on a range. Right. You get two. You get two max for most people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, how do you deal with that? Well, we don't. Like we don't post it, obviously we don't take it, we don't post it. And I become, um, you know, a bit of a, a range, uh, strict person myself because I, I, we can't say that word. Um, (laughs) we, uh, I, I will be very, very strict and I don't, you know, I don't care who I'm talking to because like, I'm there to do a job. The instructor's there to do a job. The students are there to do a job. Um, but like my job is useless. If I go, like, I can't go back to Walther and be like, Hey, look at this. There's a bunch of, like a thousand images over two days that we can't use a single one of them because people aren't wearing iPro or ear pro or their fingers are on the trigger or they're flagging people or whatever. And I do see bi- other big companies do that. Um, and it's, it's trying, uh, because, you know, again, like you figure your, your average gun owner is looking, they're, they're probably going to be most marketed to by large companies. Right. Um, so all of the ads and all of the Instagram content and stuff like that, it's probably going to come from like the big five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten names in the gun industry. So for those people to have not stepped up yet and been like, hey, we really need a seasoned eye behind the camera yep. stinks. Yep. But um, it definitely happens. That's where like when I look at how many jobs are available, we do need shooters first. We do need like firearm, let's say range officers or safety officers, people that just understand firearms first because it's really hard like you said to throw a wedding photography into a gun industry and you know, mm-hmm. talking about guns like that's that's where i'm coming from is like that's the kind of stuff that i look for right well i would have no business doing like a model shoot like for mary Kay or cover girl or something like i, I just would wouldn't have any business. that i mean yeah I, I i don't know that i would but i would just have no business doing that because i don't know what i'm looking at and i feel like you do have to have some sort of familiarity with what you're looking at to not only make like it's it's not only better for your end product and your company it's just convenient like i don't have to stand around with my camera and wait for the beeper to go off at at carry optics nationals because i know when it's going to go off and i know who's going to be you know i know when's like uh, jay beal for example like i know how jay moves Uh, jay moves differently than wansik moves wansik moves differently than luke cow moves um luigi moves and dresses differently than all four of them so I know what's going to be a visually interesting photo just based off of my knowledge of shooting. Um, so I get to position myself early and it just, it's just convenient. It makes everything's easier for everybody. Yeah. Now you get to work, like you said, with, um, a lot of these sponsored shooters, obviously Mm -hmm. Gabby is great. And like, you have a ton of females with, with Walther and I've seen Walther's marketing, obviously they're working with more females, you know, how is that impacting the industry on a larger scale by including women and diverse people of different backgrounds too? How is that kind of helping the culture shift forward? Um, well, you know, the F series is something that really, I don't want to say it had never been done before, but it had never been done before. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we had an industry saying where, you know, the, I, I believe this came from Tatiana Whitlock, who's another one of our female sponsored shooters where gun, uh, companies, they were, Hey, we need to sell a gun to ladies. Cause the, that market's growing. Let's take our worst gun and we're going to shrink it and pink it. We're going to, we're just going to make it smaller and we're going to paint it pink and they'll love it and they'll throw it in their little purse or whatever. And we'll sell a million of them. And, uh, it seems, it seems silly. Like not that those guns couldn't defend someone or whatever, but like, it's, it's just seems disrespectful. And, uh, I don't know. It just seems half-assed, I guess. Like, have you ever tried to shoot? I used to teach a lot of ladies classes back here in Indiana. They're my favorite classes to teach because women, uh, they will learn way easier than men will. Cause there's like no ego involved whatsoever. Yep. Like women are there to learn. Whereas like, you know, you take a bunch of guys and you're like, Oh, it's a gun. I, you know, it makes a lot of noise. Like I can handle it. Um, but the women don't do that. 
So they show up to the range with these like, you know, insert manufacturer name, horrible, tiny uh, polymer pistol that's this size. And they'd shoot it a couple of times. They'd be like, this hurts my hands Mm -hmm. or like, I don't like this. Or it's like, well, yeah, no wonder, dude, you're shooting like the noisy cricket from men in black. Like it's not built to be shot all day and you're going to be shooting all day in this class. So um, what Walther did, and again, this is a little bit of behind the scenes stuff is originally the F series was supposed to come out with all of the other PDPs. It wasn't, uh, but there was, there were some uh, developmental delays and, and things like that. So the F series ended up getting launched later, which ended up working out really well because then we got to do a separate commercial for it, um, which was a lot of fun. But uh, it has it hasn't been a failure. So that's what's interesting to me is like I'll watch a lot of big YouTubers and they'll be like, oh, you know, the F series was the biggest marketing failure um, in the last five years or whatever, and it has one hundred percent not been not been at all. Um, the numbers have fantastic. What's interesting is that like the people who say that they're like, well, the, the guys who have small hands, they won't buy it now because it says the woman's version on the side. And I'm like, well, number one, it doesn't, it says F series, which is honestly sort of ambiguous. Um, it doesn't say female or anything like that. Um, and then number two, who cares? Like if it was a good gun, like people like the grip angle. Some people don't like Walther's traditional PDP, like the hump on the back and stuff like that. They want a more traditional straight grip and that's what the f-series has so guys like bill pure who is like a seal team three seal team six guy uh not a lady to my knowledge uh carries an f-series jim dexter also uh he's a swat commander we just had him on the podcast last week he's a swat commander uh, out of illinois pretty sure not a lady um lots of just we're selling just as many men as we are women but the women who are shooting like finally a gun that fits my hand and that I can reach the magazine release. Um, I have an F series that I carry, uh, just because it, it is, we have a three and a half inch version. It is the smallest PDP you can get still a 15 plus one round capacity, still extremely good trigger, still Walther accurate. Yep. Um, it's just been an awesome pistol for us. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. That's, uh, it, I think it's hopefully going to be very cool. You know, after that we saw, I, I don't, I can't mention any other competitors names or whatever, but we started to see some similar marketing, um take place after the f series which we took as as flattery um and i we still believe that the f series is is the better you know better pistol but we'll leave that up to the ladies and uh small-handed men to decide i don't know so i have both actually next to me so okay are curious i mean this is the full size um i obviously modified the back strap but it is a is that lock grips yeah oh yeah so my f series has it as well these are both empty that's what i was checking but significant size difference for people looking mm-hmm. at this video between the two. Well, that's the four inch. Absolutely. The four inch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like a bigger, bigger slide and it's just, it's more comfortable for me, but I love these guns. Um, but the grip angle is a huge, huge major difference. So for women that do have smaller hands, you have a lot thinner grip and you're able to reach the trigger. That's the biggest thing with these small hands is like they can't get their fingers to the trigger. That was super concerning. Even when like guns that'll come with like different back straps, right. Is they're not able to reach that, that trigger, but I love Walther's. I mean, and then this has the new Hollow Sun Red Dot. I don't know if you've been able to play mm. with one of those. The Solar. Oh, yeah. Got one right here. Uh-huh. See? So it is. Shout out Joe Savio. Look at that. I love that the serrations line up on the dot itself. Like, that's mm-hmm. just beautiful. Yeah, they really went the extra mile on that. Yeah. So they I'm told not- us about it, and we were like, sure. Like, I'll, we'll believe it when we see it. And then they brought one to us, I think, at NRA show last year. And we were like, guys, you uh-huh. killed this. This is mm-hmm. amazing. Yep. So I had. You know, my Gals Day event, I had probably 50 women shoot these guns. Um, several were taking notes. So that was the cool thing mm. about the event that I do is people were taking notes about the grips or the size of, okay, it's the four inch versus there is a three and a half out there. And I know two the two ladies that won the guns, by the way, thank you, Chris, are flipping out excited. One Good. of them like almost peed her pants. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. But it was so cute because it was fun to be able to give away a gun. Thank you yeah. both there for that. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Like I said, we knew you were going to do a good job with it. So happy to do it. Well, hopefully come next year and uh, teach some ladies how to shoot, maybe. I could try that. That'd be okay. fun. Cool. Um, I know I digress a little bit, but, you know, I think what Walter is doing is correct. I don't think it was marketing flop at all. I think that this is needed. It's something that's been a long time coming. And and here's the other thing that I love about this is it's still a striker-fired handgun. Why do we like to change <laughs> these guns up for women and make stuff lighter, but then we have a backstrap safety and external thumb safety. Mm-hmm. And I have seen more women come to my classes and safety themselves than actually be able to shoot their own firearms because they aren't able to get the proper grip every time or they forget right. about the thumb safety. They're not training. So 
that's something that's concerning. I don't know how you feel about external safeties, but it's been a struggle. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan. I haven't had an external safety. I think I had a, I carried a 2011 like three or four years ago and that was my least favorite part of it. But, uh, yeah. Um, again, man, I, I goes back to a lot of the shooting industry and you're well aware of this, like not necessarily made up of shooters. So the people making decisions, they don't want to give any kind of benefit of the doubt to any group, uh, as far as what level of ability is or what they want their level of ability to be eventually. So they're really... You know, that's another thing that we thought the F series was was kind of going to be like at Walther. We want to target enthusiast level shooters and we want to make enthusiast level shooters out of every customer that walks out of the store with a Walther, women included. Um, There are, as you are well aware, as you are one, an enthusiast level female shooter and that market is exploding. So for, yeah, for us to be able to provide them with correct tool is huge for us. We, We love to be the ones to do it. So. Love it. So for you personally, um, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of your videos, but if you want to share, like, what do you do to improve your own shooting at home? Like what drills are you running dry fire, live fire just to improve as a human being? I don't dry fire nearly as much as I should. And I'd be a whole sure. lot better if I did. Um, yeah, I, don't I, <laughs> I do like a couple draw reps, like before I, you know, go out or whatever. Um, the stuff that I kind of like cut my teeth on was a lot of just stand and deliver stuff like bill drills. Um, it was goal of mine to get like a sub two build drill from concealment it was all all i do is concealment stuff i never do anything outside the waistband so um build drills black belt standards from scott jedlin's um gabe white's uh, turbo pin standards like all of that seven yard stuff was what i really cut my teeth on and i got very very fast at it and then i think after I, i got a turbo pin from gabe white and i was like on top of the world i was like nobody can stop me i'm a chainsaw huge ego and uh, I think I went to, it was a Steve Fisher class, I believe. And he was like, cool, man, shoot this B8 at 20 yards. And he was like, I bet you, I bet you don't even hit the paper like four times. And I was like, nah, man, like I'm, I'll be all right. And he was exactly right. I think I missed the entire target like four times. So I was like, oh my goodness, I got a lot of work to do at distance. Like I, I you know, my, I just, my ego crashed. So now I make sure I do a lot of, uh, you know, distance stuff. I do a lot of up close. I do less close stuff um because like if you can do a build drill at 25 yards uh in an a zone you can absolutely do one at seven real fast so i shoot a lot of small things far away that's what i tell people like if they ask me in comments or just a very simplified version of that question i like to shoot small things far away but lately um honestly i've just been kind of getting um i don't know if it's boredom but like um i don't know nobody likes to watch the same movie six times in a row or whatever burnout. you know i got to change it up burnout yeah, yeah we'll burnout. call it burnout but that sounds harsh i love well, guns burnout I love shooting, on, but... on the same drills over and over again sure perfect <laughs> um so now what i'll do is we've got poppers at the club that i shoot at i'll move some poppers around i'll set up three or four pieces of paper and i'll i'll shoot everything one direction and i'll add movement and stuff in and then i'll shoot everything the opposite direction i don't really do focused practice yeah. so like i don't say uh, this is accuracy practice or that like add everything in and I take it as like a whole stew. And, uh, you know, like I said, if, if I feel like I'm comfortable at something, then I take that part out and then I'll add in like more distance or I'll add in more movement or I'll add in more steel or whatever entry, uh, entry on steel or leaving on steel, whatever. Um, a, a good way to put it, if people, if the listener is familiar with, uh, it's like Quansic and Ben Steger, I think it's mostly Quansic drill in and out. I, I just make, much more intricate versions of that okay so lots of movement and uh, and things it's just fun honestly yeah. it's fun and it's great practice i think incorporating movement now is more important than ever for a lot of at least competition shooters but even in day-to-day life um i encourage people they it's very eye-opening when they come to the range and they're like okay i've got my concealed carry gun and i'm teaching a class in august just for people to conceal carry not the permit class like literally bring what you carry every day and you're gonna find mm-hmm. out does your belt work? Does your gear work? Can you get your holster out? If you're wearing a purse in its crossbody or just on your shoulder, where is that going to be when you pull a gun? Are you going to be able yep. to? Are your hands full? Like <laughs> 50 questions, yep. but it's eye-opening for even just any average person a day. It's like, can you get to your gun quickly? And how often are you loading your hands where they're not free? Mm-hmm. Like, I might look like a five-year-old, but I've got a backpack purse. I've got my little leg purse. I've got a fanny pack purse. And I might look ridiculous, but my hands are free. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'll see on Instagram a lot. This is, uh, most, this is just from my personal, uh, page, not anything Walther's saying, but, um, I'll see guys that'll have like a gigantic 2011, right? 
and they'll be like ripping bill drills and you know ripping you know three yard stuff super duper fast and it looks awesome that's great for the instagram um and then they'll be like all right cool yeah i'm going back my carry gun and they'll have like a e365 or you know something like and i'm like well hold on a minute here like like to a degree yes shooting is shooting it absolutely is visual and your trigger control and things like that but it seems to me personally a waste of energy to practice um with especially from like they'll even from concealment i'll be like bro you carry a 2011 all day long like i've tried it it ain't fun i carried a q5 steel frame appendix for like four months and i'm pretty sure i got back problems from it but uh yeah, it's not 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 designed for everyday carry, I don't think. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, my, my whatever. I mean, people are allowed to have fun and they can do whatever they want with their own things. It just seems to me like it's not maybe the best use of their time, energy, ammunition, targets, pasters, et cetera, et cetera, gas. So critical of anything in there. What? <laughs> that was amazingly critical of like, it's just a time, waste of time, money, energy, gas, life. Pain. No, I mean, you know, they, like I said, it's their thing. They can do what they want. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, and if they're, if they're competing that way, then that's a whole other story entirely. And I'm sure like the competition crowd, they look at what I do as a total waste of time. Yeah. Um, but there are, I mean, there's so many critics of what we do that we're bettering, bettering ourselves, but then there's, there's people consuming content that do think, okay, somebody draws from a holster and blazes five targets and we never see those targets shot up. Okay, I Mm -hmm. guarantee that he probably missed half of the shots or whatever. Or Mm -hmm. they're shooting steel at three yards. And of course, if you just shoot out into a distance with a bunch of steel, like you're going to hit something, not Mm -hmm. necessarily even worth aiming. So some of this content stuff, oh, I would love to call them out, but you can't. You can't. I mean, you can. can. (laughs) No, I can't. I can't. No, you can't either. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, at at the end of the day, too, like what I try and keep in mind is like everybody's trying to have fun. And as long as people are shooting, it's really not the end of the world. But I guess like thinking at an enthusiast level, which is what you're doing, where it's like what like if that's getting people into shooting. Excellent. Perfect. Love it. Wonderful. But, um, you know, you start looking at it through the lens of somebody who like ability level and it's like, ah, man, that's kind of like that's kind of like party party trickish is what you're doing there. Um, But, uh, you know. I take I, I see a lot more good content than I see bad. I don't want to I don't want to cast you know Instagram in a bad light. I love it. I've got like fourteen accounts, and uh, have fun with all of them. So um, you really do, though. you know. I got okay. a half dozen or so. I think yeah. So that's sort of switching gears. But I wanted to talk about it. So you get the sport runner. Um, yeah. Spend, don't even want to know godly ungodly amounts of of money on the sport runner to get it off road ready. Are, have you camped in it yet? I'm actually going camping uh, this weekend. I'm going to go to uh, Hocking Hills, Ohio, and uh, for for a first camping trip in it. Okay. And it's got like a. Um, um, I was going to do like the rooftop tent thing, man, but I can't make the dollars make sense. Like four grand for a tent him. to sleep in, yeah. maybe once or twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I did the. Uh, I think there's a company called Luno that has a mat, an air mattress that is custom for the inside of a Forerunner, so it like fills in all the gaps and stuff like that. So I'm going to camp inside of it. Um, and then like, I'm, I'm good. So I live in Indiana and I drive back and forth from here to Arkansas when Walter needs me down there. So I want to just like, I just want to sleep in it when I go, when I go down there and, uh, yeah. there's the Ozarks, you know, are obviously vast and awesome and beautiful. So can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, no, it will hopefully be this weekend. It'll be a shakedown. Um, we got a little, uh, it's like, a, I don't know if you can see, no, you can't see the ground in the background, but we got like this little ice powered, uh, air conditioner. Mm-hmm. It'd be really cool. Um, We'll see how it works. I don't know. It's going to be like a shakedown trip. Like I've never, uh, I've never used any of this stuff. I've never camped in it outside of just in my garage one night, one lonely night. And uh, no, we'll see how everything works out. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it though. It's going to be a great trip. That's awesome. Um, okay, so for <laughs> your Instagram for that is Canon for what is it? Canon Runner. Canon Runner. Yeah, it's okay. all. It's all. All my accounts are Canon something. I had. I used to have a Taurus SHO, so I had Canon Show. I had a little Scion XB, so I had Canon XB. But I love oh, cars. Like, bro. I love vehicles, and I love modifying everything. So, like, none of my guns are factory. None of my cars are factory. Yep. I just, I can't leave well enough alone. It's got to be different. Like it. No, I had someone ask me, someone's dad actually asked me, like, hey, do you have any stock firearms? And it, it stopped me. And I was like, hmm, not a single one that I own have I not modified in some form or fashion. And some of them... Nope. It's like the barrel is left over from the rifle right. and everything else was ripped off. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Like I, when I was doing Glocks for a long time, I would have guns that I think were just 100, per, maybe the maybe the frame, but it would still even be like old and modified. Yeah. Maybe the frame would be left. 
but I was um, really proud of that. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. But the PDP is a tremendous gun and you can leave it right from the factory. It's uh, it's one of the finest. (laughs) Yeah. No, I actually do check mine. Uh, My PDPs, all my PDPs, I drop the recoil spring down to 15 pounds. Um, Either AJ Zito makes a guide spring or a guide rod, which is really difficult to come across. Uh, He makes an excellent product, but they're a lot harder to find. And then uh, ZR Tactical Solutions out of Indianapolis makes a guide rod. And I dropped, they actually just came out with one for the three and a half inch F series as well. So everybody that I told, you need, you, you want to get the four and a half series so you can change the guide rod if you want to. Um, that's now no longer true. Thanks to the, the good folks at ZTS. There you go. That's awesome. Yep. Um, so are you shooting any competitions yourself this year? Um, so I have a local carry gun league that I started in Indiana. Um, I tried USPSA this back before the appendix carry rule went in. Uh, to effect. So back when I had that 2011, I actually still have this on video and I watch it just to myself from time to time. I took two really rough disqualifications in a row, which totaled uh, together eight hours of driving. Um, So I drove two hours there, uh, disqualified for a turn and draw where I, it was one of those things where like they said I broke the 180, but I didn't break the 180, like pointed my barrel at a guy's face. Um, I broke the 180. My trigger guard was exposed out of my holster before at the the 181 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they were. I, I was like, guys, it's my first match. It's a local match. Can you? Can I please have a? <laughs> can I please have a gimme? And they were like, absolutely not. Get out of here. So I had to drive two hours back home. Then I came back, shot a carry gun, at the same place, beat everybody by 20 percent or something. Was super pumped, flying high. Came back for the next USPSA match, and I walked up to the line. Um, and they were like, uh, they called my name. I walked up into the shooting box, took my magazine out of my pocket and clicked it into the gun. And the guy goes load and make. And I was like, Oh, I just, but I just put the, and he was like, get out of here. So actually he yelled, stop really loud in my ear hole. And then he said, you know, unload, show clear you're done. And I was, you know what? I think I just like, I could do one of two things. I could keep playing USPSA, which I wasn't a fan of at the time. I've grown a, a tremendous respect for it, especially from watching like Jay Beal and Luke and Wansik and Gabby and those guys. Um, but I wanted to shoot in that way with a gun that I truly carried. And I didn't want to be thrown into open just because it had a comp or whatever on it. So I was like, why don't I make my own game? And I just kind of put the word out in Indiana. Um, and we've had, I think the most we had, we had like 14 or 15 shooters at one, but I shoot those, um, about once a month and I have a great time with it. We do a little bit different. We took some rules from, uh, Todd Lewis greens kind of sort of tactical game combined with some USPSA combined with some IDPA. And it just, it makes it fun for everybody. Um, missing is heavily penalized, heavily, heavily penalized. You can't miss fast and still win. You can usually, if you like miss a target or hit a no shoot, you're pretty much done for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, getting to know your shooting community has only bettered all of us, but I giggled because I was thinking about the penalties. I just shot AK masters and didn't, didn't remember this. Didn't think about it, but I shot the wall through the shoot house far away with my rifle. Yeah. So it's a five second penalty. And it's like, they're Mm. like, you hit the wall. And I was like, yeah, but I made up the shot. So like, I didn't miss the paper. I just made another shot. Yeah. You got a five second penalty for shooting the wall. Mm. Like, right. Right. I think that was there before me. Hole in the wall. I gave me shit for it on my squad. Shot at the very nose. Hey, that's instant karma. It really is. That's I the universe like, looking out for you, buddy. And then, like, a failure neutralized with two and a half seconds, but then I, sh- I shot a no shoot on another stage. It's five whole <laughs> seconds. I'm like, five? You can't outrun five. Yeah, that's a lot to make up. It was a lot. Uh, I hate thinking about that. You start doing that penalty math, and you're like, it means Ooh. the next guy could stand still <laughs> after the beep for five seconds before they even start shooting and i'd still like probably lose it sucks yeah yeah no it was, it was fun though <laughs> we do 10 seconds for no shoots and you there's no way you're not like yeah, you that's why like you you just have to not miss like there have been several times where the person that wins has just been the person that, that just didn't miss they just hit slower than it. they slowed down and got their hits i can't to, do that I yeah i guess we need do that. i don't like that we need change the game now you got to change the rules if slowing down and getting your hits is the actual right answer that's a bad rule i think if you're not hitting penalties then you're going yeah too slow so it should be hit more penalties and then we'll uh we'll decrease your penalty time here what is um uh nick young and 
Nick Young, Brendan, and Billy Barton's podcast is called Speed Up and Get Your Hits. And I was like, that is a tremendous name for a podcast. I like yeah. that a lot. But. Yeah, they did smart thinking boys. Good job. It is. Yeah. Um, so who are some people? This is gonna be a weird question, but I want to know the answer. Who are some people that you kind of like, I'd say fangirl or idolize in the shooting sports that you finally got to meet now that you're working at Walther? Um, well, I was a child of the Magpul Dynamics shooting videos. Like I got into um I got into shooting. I didn't know that you could do civilian training in the way that those guys did. So I was an art of the dynamic carbine, art of the tactical shotgun. I was a huge fan of that. So even before I worked at Walther, I made it a goal. I actually did it as a weight loss goal. I was like, if I lose 30 pounds in three months, uh, I'm going to take a Travis Haley class. So I, I got to meet Travis Haley. I took a Costa class. I took a Steve Fisher class. Um, but that was all before Walther. And I got to meet those guys. They were all super cool to me. Really liked those guys a lot. Um, but um, I want, it's interesting. Like I wanted to meet Scott and I, I don't know, I just sort of reached out to him and, was, and we ended up becoming good friends, which was really cool. And then, like I said, he got me the job, basically. Um, and then, um, man, who else from there? There's been so many. Jay Beal. I wanted to meet Jay Beal because, like, Scott introduced me to Jay a while ago. And just, like, through me knowing him and talking to him and stuff like that, we ended up getting him on the Walther team. Yeah. Um, which is great because he's, an, again, like, a super proactive, wonderful shooter as well as a dynamite human being. And it's like the people we want to be associated with. Yeah. Uh, so, we, so I wanted to meet him. I got to meet him. Um, you know, Juancic, uh, JJ Rakaza, um, Gabby, I don't know, all of them. Like mm -hmm. I, those are my, like if I were to see, I don't know, Tom Cruise or something in an airport, I'd be like, yeah, fucking Tom Cruise just walked by. That's weird. And then I'd go about my day, but like, I don't know, Gabe White, or something walks by, I'd be like, whoa, there's a good Gabe White right there. Like, that's so awesome. He's right there. Like, I've watched all of his, you know, stuff on YouTube and, you know, read all of his forum posts and things. Yep. Um, those are, those are my celebrities, I guess. Like, those are all, all of them. No, I love those it. Those are all my, uh, yeah. I, I have similar uh, high energy is the correct thing, but similar times where I've been at Shot Show and I'm be like, mm, I'm going to be weird, but not weird, but it's like, dude, I want to introduce myself because I've watched your content, your videos, like you're just... Mm -hmm super cool um but yeah it's like the then it's weird when you kind of get to know them new and it is normal but like we're friends with these people in the industry where you forget about the time where that was a fangirl moment or the time where mm -hmm. you didn't know them and now you're like friends with them like yeah i can call them up and talk to them on the phone like whatever and yeah and other people like what and i was like yeah we kind of see each other more than my family on because we're shooting all across the right. country together <laughs> right uh that okay that reminds me of a, a pretty good story um so i had when I was like coming up in, in shooting, I was like an AK guy just because I had to be because ARs were too expensive. And I had a Wasser 10 that was like 400 bucks or something. <laughs> and I had no money. And Pantio Productions had started doing like streaming. And uh, Fernando's going to love this. So uh, um, I torrented all of his stuff. Like I stole it all. Like I got on the Pirate Bay and I found like this big pack. And then I ended up, I think I signed up for one month of Pantio Productions training stuff. And I found like it was a th program called Stream Ripper or something like that. And I ripped every video uh, for $15 or $9 or whatever it was. And the very first assignment, and I, I forgot about it. Like I watched them all. I internalized them all. I learned from all of them. It was all great stuff. And uh, I just was broke. I had no money. Um, and then the first assignment that I had at Walther, like my first day I went in and Cody was like, Hey man, why don't you come on down here? We've got a meeting with, uh, with Pantio productions. And I was like, Ugh. and, uh, I was like, yeah, no problem. Sure. So I went into the meeting room and like up on the big screen that we had and there was Fernando Coelho, the, uh, the CEO of Pantio productions. He's like the head director and stuff. And I'm just sitting there. He's like, yeah, have you seen my stuff, Chris? And I was like, yeah, I've caught it. Like, it's good. Like good, good stuff. Like it a lot. <laughs> and so then when we, we did the PDPF series commercial, they were like, yeah, hey, uh, we're going to have Pantio do that. So Pantio Productions did the, the F-Series commercial down in Miami, and I was the bad guy that got... Uh, I remember that video. Out. It's excellent. You do fit that uh, homeless... Thank you. <laughs> it's a huge compliment, I know. I know. Um, no, you weren't the only one that said that. Like, uh, I don't know if this is going to be a little too blue for your show or whatever, but when we told Bill Blowers... Um, they were like, hey, yeah, we're going to go film this thing down in Miami and Chris is going to be the bad guy. He's going to be like a rapist. Bill Blowers goes, oh, that's good for you. You look like a rapist. And I was like, what the heck? Is... Thanks, Bill Blowers. But if it fits, no. I get, well, you can edit that part out if you want, I guess. Like bleep that word. It's probably, it's probably not good. But uh, so 
anyway, we went down and we had to have dinner with Fernando. And I was like, man, this is just like, this has been such a weird chain of events. It's taken me from one part of my life where I was like, I was like, I have to tell him. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting down at this very, very fancy like hotel dinner. And I was like, hey, man, like all of your videos, like from the Sunny Puzicus AK video all the way to like, you know, um, I can't even, th- you know, there was like Kalashnikov, uh, what an adaptive Kalash. I was, I was like, I, I torrented every single one of those. I've got a hard drive somewhere, like a, like an old school physical hard drive with all of your stuff on it. And he was like mad. <laughs> he was not, he was, he, he was joking. I was like, you know, he was definitely upset about it. So uh, every, I was like, all right, dude, while we're sitting here at the table, I'll subscribe to Pedro again, which, you know, it, it's all, it's all good stuff. You should do it anyway. But yeah. um, it was a, it was a really cool, like connecting a part in my past to like my present. And I, I was, I don't know, like life's been funny for sure. Yeah. That's worked out. But I remember the days watching the shooters that I've watched, you know, they're still around and then getting to meet them in person, then getting to like shoot with them. And I'm like, is this mm-hmm. real? And it's just been really, it, it, it's warm and inviting. I think that's the the surprising point. And then like, they're just normal people. And that's why I try to remind people when they meet me, I'm a nobody, but it's like, just don't be afraid to right. come talk to us. And like, we're just right. people as well. What's well, bizarre too. Cause like, I mean, I don't get like, uh, where I was in an air. Oh, it was when I was flying down to Pantio last time, actually, I was walking through an airport and I had posted a picture uh, on my Instagram account of just my backpack with a patch on it. It's like a fairly distinguishable patch. That was it. Like that was my story. And I was like, oh, you know, taking a trip, blah, blah, blah. love travel, blah, blah. And I was walking through the airport in uh, wherever my layover was, maybe North Carolina. And a guy was like, Cannon. And I was like, what's up? And I turned and he was like, yeah, I saw you posted a thing. And like, I talk to everybody that follows me. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. sit there and talk to with you for months. I don't care. Yeah. I don't have anything better to do. And, uh, you know, this was a guy that I talked to for a while. He's like, yeah, I saw you posted your backpack and I saw the backpack walk by me. So I thought so, but I don't know, man, like it's, it's super like humbling and it's just weird. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not anybody at all. Like, I know. you know, I can go get groceries without getting tackled or, <laughs> I mean, all of us can. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like even like JJ and Christian Seiler, those guys like Christian yeah. Seiler, I think said on an, uh, Steve Anders made me really respect the kid, the guy, the man. Um, he was like, yeah, man, like what did I do really? Like I want, he it was the year he won every, uh, area match. match. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, Steve Anderson loved it as well. He's like, yo, you know, this incredible. You're an amazing shooter. How has your life changed? And Christian was like, ah, I mean, you know, it's just USPSA, man. Like, you know, I can still go get groceries and nobody tackles me or, yeah. you know, I'm not being followed by paparazzi or anything. Like I love the sport, but yeah. you know, it hasn't really changed me at all. Which is disappointing in many ways though, because our industry will never be highlighted like other industries are like other sports are because we are still there are still athletes i won't say i am i'm not coordinated but there are athletes at, at a super high level competing doing what nobody could ever do and probably will ever do i mean that's really rare to find that type of talent and aggression and even skill mm-hmm. work ethic my god but like so it would be cool to see people recognize christian in, in a lot larger scale just Nate or jj or whoever you know those people are because they've accomplished quite a bit in their life Oh yeah. Well, Top Shot was great for that. Um, yeah. I'd love to see more content like Top Shot. Um, I think the market for it is there, but I don't make those decisions, but uh, you know, I would love to see more stuff like that. And and especially like high level. Um, are you familiar with TatCon? Uh, Tom Givens' TatCon? I would pay to see uh, the, the uh, what do they call like, I don't know if they call it a tournament, I guess, or like the, the competition that they hold at TatCon. I would pay to watch that on TV. Oh yeah. Me Cause too. it's like, Jedlinski versus Gabe White versus Caleb uh, Giddings versus, you know, all, all the people that go to TatCon. And, um, you know, that would be like, my, that, that's my Super Bowl. <laughs> that's what I would so, rather like, watch. I watch F1 um, and we aren't that bad of shooters, but just some of the the shooters, I would love to be mic'd up. Not just like when they're shooting the stage, because some of them talk to themselves, but <laughs> when they're like making ready or after day one or whatever, like that stuff is actually pure entertainment for us because we hear about it afterwards. There's always drama. Yeah. There's always yeah, drama. Well, there's always drama, but you don't, you, the sensor guy's like finger would be broken, <laughs> I think, just judging by like, I don't like, like just because of Walther, I hung out, I hang out with, um, Jed Linsky, Bill Blower, uh, Jim Dexter, Nick Young, um, Bill Rapier, and Tatiana Whitlock, and seen all those people interact together, and it's a lot of language. I know. 
don't know. Whole lots of language, but uh, it's all hilarious. And yep. uh, it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it could be a cool reality show for sure. It's <laughs> pretty bad. Because uh, yeah, dude drama is quite entertaining in this sport. I'll just say that and I'll leave that there. It's the but. same as chick drama. Well, but that's what I'm saying. That's pretty freaking bad. These grown men. Yeah. Dude. It's like, the same. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Because so people I don't are hear bored. It. Men have their their drama. Um, they absolutely do. Okay. So I, I don't want to rewind too much, but I did have this question for you because I want to help the next person out. But okay. we talked about content creation. We did talk about the iPhone and stuff and the camera. Mm-hmm. But is someone maybe looking to, say, do a podcast, make a YouTube channel, stuff like that? What kind of gear do you recommend for those people, whether it's like on a budget or not necessarily on a budget in terms of camera, lighting, microphone, that kind of stuff for them to use? Sure. Uh, You can do a lot with an iPhone. Um, And I presume Galaxy. I haven't used a Galaxy, I think, since maybe the S20 or something. But um, the portrait mode is your buddy. Um, The big thing that I think makes the biggest difference is like you can is Lightroom. If you're doing photos uh, using Lightroom, like you have have some sort of an eye like as an artist you you do have to have some kind of an eye because i always tell people like no man anybody can take a picture and then i'll like see the stuff that and i'm like why would you think that even passable (laughs) like are you dumb you're not dumb but like anyway you have to have some kind of an eye that's the most important thing and you can learn tricks like using leading lines and framing and stuff like that to accentuate your already decent eye and then it makes your pictures even better the best way to get better at that stuff to just go practice yeah. like pull up leading lines on a youtube video or pull up you know photo framing um or using bokeh if your if your lens is capable of doing that you know using your your foreground and your background learn about that stuff um i used uh i can't think of the guy's name i have one of his back peter mckinnon peter mckinnon has a, a lot of great introductory videos on how to be like a decent product photographer or uh, action photographer um so peter mckinnon stuff is great and it's free it's all on youtube you watch it for free Peter McKinnon also has, uh, once you get through a bunch of his videos, you can like buy some Lightroom presets. And Lightroom presets are a great starting point to learn how to start editing photos. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you pull up Lightroom, there's a bunch of like sliders and columns and things like that that you have to move to manipulate your picture. You like the color, the focus, all that type of stuff. Uh, But most importantly, like the color and sharpness. Those are are like the big uh, things, your clarity and that type of uh, thing. Um, Learn how to use Lightroom. And that will only serve you uh, infinitely better than having a a five thousand dollar camera set up and no photo editing skills. Um, <laughs> it's just I hate that because like my mom had, grew up in an era where she just had to be a good photographer. You just had to be amazing at it, and she was is. Um, now the editing software has gotten so good, you can be a, an okay photographer but an amazing editor and get better results than or at the same results as someone who's a phenomenal photographer. Right. Um, so yeah, learn how to process and edit photos um, from, from Lightroom, which you can now use on your phone and it's super powerful on your phone, like amazingly powerful. Um, then you can get into Photoshop where you know, now you can start doing more graphic design things. Um, what's the other one? Illustrator. I'm not, I can't do Illustrator. I can't either. Vector no. image stuff is not for me, y'all. <laughs> well, it's, it's for drawing. Like, yeah. I feel like that's for actual artists. But if you can, if you can combine all of those skills, then you can really build yourself up into someone who is extremely marketable to a gun company. Because yeah. again, like they want to market to people who think guns are cool. So if you show up as a guy who, or a girl who already thinks guns are cool and you have the eye to, to um, communicate that Certainly, to a customer, yeah. it's hugely powerful in your corner. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, but as far as cameras go, like a Sony a seven three can do a whole heck of a lot photo video. Um, if I were only to choose one lens, it'd actually be this one that I'm shooting on right now, which is a, uh, 35 millimeter. I think it goes down to like 1.2 F stop 1.2. Um, and it's awesome for video. Awesome for, uh, photos as well. Um, or I think my other one is a 40 to 70 and I use it for almost everything. I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal lens, but you don't need five different lenses, two different bodies. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, every, but we're gun people. So we love buying gear and I totally get it. So <laughs> yeah. that's, what's super fun about us. Yeah. I think uh, a good camera, two lenses is, is kind of the sweet spot. And then the microphone, the audio, like if you're going to do videos where you're talking or speaking or doing a podcast or anything like that, the whole thing that needs to be really focused mm-hmm. on is really good audio and not just, um, I'm learning a lot about like the stuff that's burnt into the camera, but having like a lavalier mm-hmm. microphone that's actually yes. its own file to be able to match up is what's going to make it really nice and clean. 
Yeah. Um, DJI has those. Oh, I DJI I is my case here. the Dude. best. I don't have it. Those lavalier on. mics they yes. came out with. I think a uh, Hoplophile interviewed me on one for SHOT Show this last year. And I was like, dude, what is this? Mm-hmm. Him and Luke. And Luke was like, dude, there's these little DJI microphones and they're fantastic. It comes in like, it's like a big AirPod case, case and it charges yeah. itself. Yep. And like, he, yeah, he was like, I don't even have to think about anything. It just does great two. audio in the wind. And there's two. Yeah. Three hundred bucks. So That's what I, I bought. <laughs> th- that is that is by far and away the greatest microphone I've found so far. I used to have one of those road ones that like, there's like a mic that stuck on top of the camera and it was okay. Yeah. But I think those were like 140 bucks. So you double your money and you get two lav mics. Yeah. yeah those DJI things are bananas. It's they clip on and they're the magnetic best. and they, go, they have attachments mm-hmm. to go onto an iPhone or to an Android. So you don't have yes. to worry about different extensions. It's all in the case. <laughs> I saw so many of those at shot. Yeah. Like every, every media company that came by the booth or, you know, YouTuber or podcast or whatever, like they all had the DJI mics. And I, yeah, I think I ordered one the day after the show. I was like, look, I'm going to pick up on the signs I'm getting here. Yeah. Get some DJI mics, but love it. yeah. Phenomenal product. So for you in the industry too, um, and people listening, because I get the questions all the time. So I want to hear it straight from, I'd say a horse's mouth, but I don't think that's the right phrase. Um, what do you look for? in terms of working with, I would say, writers, influencers, or professional shooters, or what have you, like, what are, what are the things that people should be working towards to earn not just sponsorships, but even just, I don't know, products or, or whatever it looks like out there from a company? Yeah, so that's that's directly my job, right? So I, I am the one who vets and picks out, um, I mean, I get approval, but like, I, I go out, for example, we are doing something with the WMP. Um, we want to start pushing the WMP again because it's just been a little bit of time and we're like, let's get it back out there. So let's start finding people uh, who would, that, that product would be a good fit to advertise or whatever to work with for. Um, you have to be good enough to where when someone finds you, it kind of goes back to what we were saying, like when someone like me finds you, it's not even a question. Like that's the most surefire way to do it. And the most surefire way to do it is to be honest and to be real and to like just be an interesting person because those are the people that companies want to associate with. There's like some names, um, you know, industry standard big names, like the really big YouTubers. We And we work with some of those people and they've all been super nice to us and friendly, but like we really love working with like the the more grassroots level type of people. Um, That said... We have to see what your work ethic is because we've been, we've, we have absolutely been burned by that in the past. That's why Um, people like me end up with companies that are unsure because of the burden. It's not necessarily the work ethic or, you know, that they don't want to. It's because other people have destroyed that trust um, that's been built up. And that's why, like, especially with sponsor shooters, I'll just say in in general, not, (laughs) okay, not the majority, but there are sponsored tutors that don't understand this is a business transaction. There needs to be an ROI. Right. There needs to be like that, that 100%. seriousness. And if there isn't, and that's what's unfortunate when people like me arrive and, and it's like, no, no, I'm going to go above and beyond, not just one time, like forever, like indebted right. to that. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I deal at like a shot show specifically in NRA show there, you know, I can't count the amount of people that will come up and they'll be like, Hey, yeah, look, man, I was thinking about, you know, maybe you send me one of every gun you've got. And I'll do these videos for, and it's like, all right, cool, man. Like, you know, what's your follower? Like, do you have a lot of, like, we wouldn't send one of every gun to the biggest name you can think of off the top of your head. It would never happen. Um, But the way that, that people think that it takes place is that like, you know, they approach us with a dozen followers on YouTube or a dozen subscribers. And then they're like, yeah, man, but like, you know, I'm going to do these videos and nobody does videos like me. And they're going to be huge and they're going to blow up. So let me get free guns. And it's like, dude, your, your subscribership is made up of your mom and your cousins. Like you, that's, that's not our target audience right now. Like, I appreciate you coming up and talking to me and I wouldn't, I don't berate them at all, but it's like, it, it can't work that way. So you have to be able to provide some kind of value. And I guess what I'm saying is the easiest way to provide that kind of value is to provide like a genuine experience for people to watch. It can't be something where someone wakes up and they're like, like I never personally set out to be like, oh man, I'm going to shoot really fast on Instagram and then I'm going to get a job out of it. <laughs> like the, it was, it was two separate things. Like I just wanted to shoot really fast on Instagram. That's all I wanted to do. Like I need a lot of attention. I know that about myself. It's a flaw. We all have got them. I wanted attention. So I started posting videos of myself shooting on Instagram. And then because of that, 
like everything else kind of worked out. So if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to start making content because I want to, you know, be famous or I want free stuff or I want free guns or free ammo, it's probably not going to work out for you that way. But if you wake up and you're like, I enjoy shooting. I love making content. It's all like genuinely from your heart. People recognize that, like whether you think they do or they don't, like people can absolutely pick up on that. And if you have a company that cares like Walther does, those are the people we have meetings about it. Like we will sit down and just watch influencers for hours. And that's kind of weird to think about. Holy cow. (laughs) Well, I mean, we, you know, we're we're a company we deal. Yeah. We we don't want to be associated with anything other than somebody who could call themselves an enthusiast level shooter and, and have the skills to back it up. Yeah. But then on top of that, again, like going back to, to Jay Beal, the world's nicest guy, like if you can also like a tremendous gold human being like that young man, <laughs> you know, I, I can't believe we got Jay before anybody else. Like you're a fanboy. He's the cutest. I am. Ever. He's such a good guy. I, awesome. I gave him t-shirts at SHOT Show. He still wears it. Okay. So uh, the other thing that you're there, you're kind of hinting at, but you haven't said it but for people listening is also like not trying to be a. I'm going to do everything completely or like whatever your passion is. So like, yes, you, know, you fit the, the niche. I mean, like I know mine is actually not to be good at any one gun. It's just to <laughs> be mediocre mm-hmm. at all of them. Um, but like there is niches where you have 22 police. I think is a good example of that. Yes. And like Gatman's a good example of just doing a lot of great reviews on everything just to inform mm-hmm. and help the public. Um, there's people that are just hunting specific. I just think of like Hannah Barron. I mean, like she's an outdoors woman, but more on the hunting. Right. Side. So just thinking about influencers out there, whatever their niche is like that's what you want to be if that's what you're passionate about show that and then when things and products like line up that's that's that right niche where you have that audience already that companies are going to want to partner with you to get exposure for xyz gun optic what have you right right uh, another important thing i guess that brings to mind um we will sometimes look for markets right so we need to find somebody who is an overland expert yep. um there's a, a guy I just had a conversation with last week, Overland Engineer. He's a forerunner guy. That was why I reached out. I found him because he did tremendous forerunner content. And I was like, hey man, like we're we're starting to kind of branch out. We're looking to get into some new markets. And uh, you know, can I can I work like can we work together? And we had a great phone conversation about it. And I, you know, we're gonna work together. But um that he he doesn't do gun stuff at all. So if you can, but he loves guns because he's an American. And it's so, a tool. It's a tool for overlanders to have. And right. They do think about. Yep. For sure. Um, so, yeah, you don't necessarily. And we, we have done in the past. We've dealt with people who were like doing overland things or adventure things. Um, actually, we're, we were going to have something called. We do. Um, sorry for my stuttering here in the last five seconds because I just had like seven thoughts at the same time. Um we deal with a guy named Taylor Weldon. We love this guy a lot. He was a, uh, he makes uh, backpacks, mm-hmm. like designer backpacks, top of the top end backpacks. He works with Mystery Ranch, Go Ruck, um, and that type of thing. But we work with him again because he, you know, I mean, he's an amazing person. He's a, an awesome personality. We've met him, we've hung out with him, and we decided that we could work together. And uh, again, he has almost nothing to do with firearms. Yeah. But now he does. So, <sighs> Again, like if if you wake up and you tell yourself, I'm gonna go get gun famous or insta gun famous or YouTube gun famous, gun tube famous, that's the wrong you're already starting off on the wrong foot. And it's not gonna happen because shadow banning. And it's not yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Awesome. But if you do it because you love it, like if you yeah. love something, you'll do it. If you love it and you do it and you keep after it, I promise you like opportunities will come along. Literally the definition of my life is what you just yeah. said. Yep. Definition. And I have a very small following, but I've, well, I'm, I've watched it. Um, uh, Sophia Spina fit yep. for Fia is a tremendous friend of mine. And um, I think we started working with her when she had, I don't know, maybe half the followers and she didn't really have any other sponsorship. She had a couple, I think, but she just loves it. She loves doing that stuff. And um, yeah, you, I, I think over the last maybe year, her stuff has all doubled, like her follower accounts doubled. And again, and none of it's come from her saying like, I want to do this stuff. It's all just come from a lot of networking, which you're more than well aware. Of. You have, you do have to be good at networking, yep. which you are. Um, and love what you do. Yep. Like you be a genuine person and yep. genuinely good things will happen to you. <laughs> I like that. Well, I know we are close to time here. Is there any yes. final thoughts? feelings, emotions, what have you, or advice coming from Chris Long that you want to share? Um, you know, get good with your gun, I guess. That's that's what I always tell people. Like, you're carrying a gun. 
yeah. it's a very serious thing. Um, being be an asset to the public to at large. Um, I have children that I take to grocery stores, and if everybody's ability level was like they could hit a three by five card from a draw in two point five seconds or something, we'd all be better off. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a gun. It's a serious thing. Get as good as you can with it, and uh, you know if you use a welter to get good, tag us and we'll repost you. So I love that. Yeah. Um, What's your, what Instagrams do you want to leave uh, for people? To find? Uh, so my personal one is Canon 762. That's the lowest tier. And then you go up to the highest tier, which is Walther Arms. Um, <laughs> it's at Walther Arms. And uh, yeah, it's, we, we try to post every day. I think I make a post about every day. Um, we post everybody's stories. And again, that's another good way where like uh, we are, we are one company where I don't curate content to the point where it's like, like, oh no, that picture is, you know, I, I want to good photographers and good shooters and stuff. I want to get those people attention. Um, it is mostly me doing it. So if you tag us in something, if you go shoot a PDP and you really like it, tag it, I guarantee you it's going to get shared. I love it. So, yep. Awesome. Chris, thanks for all you've done for me for Gal's Day at the Range for Athlon and writing. You know, I just appreciate everything that you do at Walter and I love your content. Um, I'm excited for the Toyota <laughs> adventures, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Uh, for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Not a problem at all. I'm happy to do it. Uh, have me back anytime. I'd be more than willing. Oh, next time I want to talk about overlanding. Hold up. Okay. Sam. Sounds good. Let me know how it goes. All right. All right. <laughs> Guys, thanks for listening to the Reddit Club podcast. Tune in next week. Um, and we are over a hundred episodes, so be sure to follow along, subscribe on YouTube and wherever you stream your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Reddit Club podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reddit Club or 3 Gun Kenzie.